Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, it's The Breakfast Huddle, Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang. It's time now for The Bigger Picture. Mm, as we look back on 2021, I think we'd all agree that one of the largest themes when it comes to investments has been ESG investing and ESG financing mm. as well, right? So we're talking about environmental, social and governance investing. And it's made so much traction in the last couple of years. And I think we really have to look ahead to see where all of this will go in the mm. new year. And it's likely to get even more attention in the years ahead. Just uh, looking to the coming years, climate reporting will be mandatory for issuers in the financial, energy and agriculture, food and forest products industries from 2023. So all that part of a push for sustainability reporting. So how do investors navigate this? Let's get Brian Arcees. He is the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst for Ford Asset Management. Morning, Brian. How was your festive weekend? Yes, good morning. How are you? It was great. Thank you. I hope you was good also. Good as well. Brian, <laughs> great to have you on. So let's dive into this topic of ESG. And there is so much pressure and interest right now in this segment. You've got actually some companies potentially inflating their claims around their practices. So a bit of greenwashing, misleading claims. How prevalent is this problem right now? So I think greenwashing, it basically can, can be any number of things. It can be companies inflating their ESG claims to investors, for example, to make the companies more attractive to kind of ESG-specific funds. But it can also take place by companies putting ESG claims on consumer products. So even when all of us go to a retail shop, product looks more attractive to us than it otherwise may be. Mm. The lack of standards currently make it actually quite prevalent. And I think at the consumer level, it's something that companies are doing certainly not in good faith. At the investing level, I think a lot of companies are honestly struggling with how to report, what to report, and how to measure. And so the greenwashing that's taking place there at the investment level, I think some of it is probably ill-intended, and other parts of it are simply not fully understanding even how to kind of report their current ESG metric. Yeah, it's a lack of standards on one side. And you've also, some people saying, too many different standards and benchmarks. So it is interesting to see how this will pan out in terms of whether we will make any progress in seeing them consolidate into a bit of a clearer picture for investors. So when investors try to figure out what to do in this space, what are some of the considerations when they look at ESG opportunities? Yeah, so that's a great question. So if we look at many investors rely on funds that use rating agencies, for example, to help them rate the ESG metrics of individual companies. Mm. So you mentioned there's over 150 different rating agencies currently. There's no standardization in the methodology. There's no real transparency mm. in how the metrics are even measured. So when you take all of that as a whole, it's quite easy actually to find a company that ranks very poorly on one ESG rating agency yeah. metrics and, and very, very strongly on another one. And obviously it can be incredibly confusing. What we try to do and what we suggest investors do as well is really do the underlying work either on the fund that you're investing in that may have ESG or some form of that in its name to really read this perspective and see how that manager is evaluating companies. And then as an individual investor or as a professional investor investing in the companies themselves, it's to not only rely on the ratings themselves, but really do the underlying work, read the company's annual report, chat to management if you can, and really get a sense 
both qualitatively and quantitatively, which obviously that quantitative piece is harder to measure, but how important is the company taking some of these concerns and are they making forward progress? And I think through those discussions, you can really get a, a sense rather than just in reading the report, if they're taking these concerns seriously and if they're making good progress. Yeah, Brian, that's a very good point, right? Because there are different types of investing approaches because you can either boycott whole industries or maybe take on a more advocacy role where you're a shareholder and maybe push for change. Walk us through what you're seeing right now. Are you seeing enough people push for change? So I think that the industry is really shifting. So early in the days of ESG investing, there was more boycotting of entire industries, for example. In our view, there are certainly companies that it makes sense not to invest in, those companies that aren't doing anything to further their own ESG kind of awareness or improvement. But in boycotting whole industries, I think it's not necessarily the best approach to take. If we look at, for example, even big energy and big oil, we need oil and will need oil and certainly natural gas as mm-hmm. a transition fuel as we move forward to becoming sort of fully dependent on renewable energy sources. So to withhold capital from those businesses and those industries that are actually working quite hard to kind of lower their own carbon footprint, not necessarily advancing the goals in the way that all of us would want to. So again, while it makes it slightly more complicated, I think that it makes sense to take an individual kind of company by company approach and really do the underlying fundamental work and decide which companies are then kind of worthy of investing in and obviously leave those that aren't by the wayside. Yeah, talking about those companies that are worthy of being invested in, do you have any golden benchmarks or uh, best cases they can put out there as some of the names that we can look forward to? Yeah, so I think, I mean, one of the names, interestingly enough, in this big energy sector, a name that we own, SBM Offshore, which basically is one of the few companies in the world that makes floating production offshore storage units. So Mm. massive ships that stand in offshore oil fields and that basically are required to bring the oil out of the ground and then ship it to land, basically. So that company is both building carbon neutral vessels themselves and then also using their expertise in kind of building and designing and managing these offshore floating energy platforms, taking that technology and using it, attempting to use it in floating offshore wind platforms. So there are good examples, I think, of companies that are kind of traditionally been in big oil, Mm -hmm. but that can transition to what I would call kind of big energy from oil to renewable with the technology that they already have in place. And so that's an example, I think, and a reason why you wouldn't necessarily boycott every company in an industry, because some are actually taking great steps to kind of further the world in helping to deal with climate change. Yeah, definitely an industry and space in transition. Brian Assis, he is the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst for Ford Asset Management, all about ESG. Brian, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. It was great to chat with you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.